everybody. Welcome back from the weekend. Today is uh, Monday, March 25th. Uh, we have a New Jersey workers' compensation webinar today. We're deviating a little bit in that we're going to update you on e-filing in New Jersey now that it has become mandatory. So I want to talk to you a little bit what that means for uh, us, uh, as for you as well, and uh, we'll go from there, okay? I'll remind everybody that if you have any questions at all, uh, please ask. You can type in exactly what the question is, and at the end of the uh, webinar, I'll try and get to well, whatever the answers for those might be. So I want you to picture something. Before e-filing, we had paper. Now I want you to picture this. I had a solo practice at one point, and I had to copy the amount of filings I was going to send to the court. I had to take a stamp and put it on a self-addressed stamped envelope that was going to be included in the envelope. So you had to weigh what that the return filing was going to be, check out the postage, figure out the right amount. Then you had to put that in the bigger envelope in order to weigh that to put more postage on it. These were all the crazy things we did when we had paper. I want you to, another visual that might be helpful in terms of what we're doing today, fax machine. If you remember, and again, some of you might be too young to remember this stuff, but in a fax machine, you had to type in the number to dial. You would listen as the fax machine did the dialing. And then what would happen? You would have that satisfactory sound of it going through and the screeching of the fax machine as it went through. Thankfully, we've gone past all those things and we don't really have that anymore. Let's talk about paper filing. Paper filing essentially has disappeared now. Uh, it certainly has disappeared now because of the mandatory e-filing. Uh, back in 1999, the division began emailing notices to the party. It was the first time emailing really started. Everything else was by paper prior to then. And this has been a long process for us to get where we are today. Uh, 2006, there was a form of courts online uh, in New Jersey, but it was for information only. There was nothing you could do in terms of filing or checking or anything like that. Uh, finally, in 2009, the court started emailing our calendars. So prior to 2009, we got mailed copies of the calendar of what was coming up and when the hearings were. Uh, finally, in 2009, those were now emailed to us, no longer mailed. That was actually mandatory on that part. Everybody got paper, uh, email lists at that point. Uh, the current New Jersey courts online that we see uh, came to us in 2012. Uh, it was electronic filing. It was not mandatory at the time. You could choose to uh, be involved or not. And there were many reasons uh, and many firms who did not choose to do it. Uh, but now, just switch slides there, as of May, uh, I'm sorry, March 15, 2019, it is mandatory. Okay, and that's our life now. You see, we're just sitting back with nothing to do because everything uh, is, is e-filed. Uh, there's no exceptions to this except for pro se people. Uh, so I'll give you an example. Uh, when I did bankruptcy uh, proceedings, uh, bankruptcy became e-filers. But if you filed less than a certain amount of petitions per year, you were not required to do e-filing. That is not the case here. If you if you were participating in workers' comp court at all, you must e-file. Okay. But again, if you're a pro se petitioner, you don't have access to a computer, you don't have the uh, wherewithal to do this, then you can certainly uh, still file, uh, mail in a petition. Uh, this came to us by way of a memorandum, November 15, 2018, from the chief judge, whereby he, re he notified the entire uh, workers' comp uh, department and division and everybody who practices workers' comp that this is going to be mandatory. Now, there's different types of access you can gain as either a carrier or a law firm. Uh, if you look here, it sort of sets forth the different levels. The basic level is you is kind of what you the default. Uh, you have access. You can see when the next court date is. You can see the information that's there, but you can't do any kind of e-filing. You can't do any uh, filing of any documents whatsoever. Uh, you can't even prepare drafts or anything like that, okay? Uh, for attorneys, there's a limited one where you can have access. You can actually prepare drafts of things, but you can't actually file. 
And then of course we have a full subscription, which is you can do everything. Now within a firm, you might have some people uh, have basic access, other people have limited access, and then other people have that full access. So for example, our paralegals have full access because they're the ones actually filing the pleadings after the attorneys have reviewed those. Uh, so since they're the ones actually doing the work and the data input, uh, they have full access to that as well. Uh, since I lead up the department, I also have full access. I wanna make sure I can check the inboxes and respond to things if I need to. But because there's now an inbox and it's, it's, a, it's one inbox that everybody has access to, you don't want too many chefs in the kitchen, so to speak. So we don't have access to every attorney in the firm into our courts online because one attorney could go open up an email in that inbox, choose not to respond to it for some reason, and then it gets lost in the shuffle because I don't see it as a new entry in the inbox. So you kind of have to figure out your own plan as to how that's gonna work and who's gonna have access. Uh, for carriers, there's just two different levels. There's the basic and the full. Uh, the full is of course going to give you in, uh, the ability to e-file things, including uh, applications for informal hearings if you wanted to do that, okay? So those are the different types of levels. Uh, this is kind of important now, and this is the difference with e-filing. All right, courts online, uh, it, it serves the electronic copy instantaneous. That's going to happen the day it's filed, and that's a big difference, okay? Uh, the carrier will receive, can print, you can individually or batch print all of the, uh, the electronic filings that you get. And if specific, uh, if a specific respondent attorney is wanted, you can now go and designate your respondent attorney right away on courts online and then we, if you picked our firm, for example, we would then get an electronic copy of that pleading. So that's really important. Oh, what did I do there? No, sorry about that. Let me go back. I exited out of the whole thing. Here we go. You just saw my whole slide presentation and I'm done. Okay, so finally, uh, if the carrier has not pre-designated, as I said, uh, you can then do that instantaneously. All right, additionally, carriers can pre-designate uh, counsel up to 15 and there's a number of different reasons for doing this. If you have a law firm that always handles, for example, your Tom's River uh, cases, you can pick Tom's River Hearing Point, you can pick them as the designated counsel for that, and they will automatically get those pleadings sent to them, rather than having the step of them being sent to you, and then the second step of you designating. Uh, this is also really good for in-house counsel, for example, Liberty Mutual, or maybe New Jersey manufacturers that has an in-house counsel department, uh, or firm doing that purpose, uh, also for self-insureds who maybe pick one firm that they want to represent uh, them for every matter. You can pre-designate, and this saves you the step of having to later determine who your counsel is going to be, and the CP would then be automatically uh, served upon the counsel rather than the carrier. So it's a, it kind of uh, streamlines things even further if, in fact, you know who your attorney is going to be. Let's look at what you can actually do uh, on the actual documents that you can e-file now. Uh, claim petitions, dependency claim petitions, medical provider applications, every type of claim petition there is, answers to all of those claim petitions, uh, any amendments that you're gonna make if you add a party or you add some more specific information, uh, motions, general motions, motions to dismiss, med and temp motions, which are really important, uh, also emergent med and temp motions, and of course, answers to those. So these are all the type of documents that Courts Online will accept. Now, not listed here are things like maybe briefs or certifications, but you'll see when we walk through this where you can actually attach those things um, as an additional uh, submission to the, the court. Uh, if for any reason you need any help with the technical aspects of the website, New Jersey Courts Online itself, uh, if you don't know what access level you have and you wanna maybe increase your access level, uh, you can always call their uh, line or email them. I gave the information there. 
so this way, again, for technical support, you can you can get in touch with them. All right, so let's actually walk through this. You go on the Courts Online website, you've signed in with your password and your login information. This is the, it wouldn't be a legal website if there wasn't a disclaimer of some kind, so of course your disclaimer comes up, uh, you hit agree, and it brings you to the home screen. Everybody's probably familiar with this. It has a lot of information on it, and I don't wanna rush through this. I wanna actually take some time to break down the parts of this home screen that might be useful to you, okay? On the uh, left-hand side, upper left-hand side, it lists who you are and who you are that you've signed in. And really important is under your name in the law firm or the carrier, if you're a carrier, uh, it lists what today is. Now, I actually did this on Friday, so that was 2-5. That's the, the week of the cycle and the day of the cycle. These are really important, as we know, in New Jersey because everything's repetitive. We have three-week cycles, and a list I might have on 3-1, which is today, 3-1 in the cycle, I'm going to have that list every 3-1. So it's very predictable for me when I adjourn a case, I'm gonna know exactly when that case is going to reappear on the list. Um, so that tells you what week of the cycle you're actually on. If you needed to know that for some reason and you wanted to ask maybe your counsel about something that's listed on, on today. You'll see now the, the menu options you have on the left are slightly different if you have access to e-filing now, as you'll have an inbox, which is underneath the home tab. Okay, uh, that's where you're gonna see any emails that come in, anything that's been submitted to you and now, and now sent to you by way of uh, e-filing is going to appear in your inbox requiring some kind of action. Uh, the rest of those choices are all the same. You can do a case search, you can do an advanced case search when you, if you're looking for something very specific. Uh, you can do just in general the, the lists that you have uh, and there's a help center if you need any information. If we move on to the middle of the home screen, uh, you have again sort of a listing of who you are, our status is e-filer and today's date and again it has the cycles uh, of, the, of the weeks and days. This is also where you're gonna find now a new section for your draft documents. So for example, uh, in this particular case, uh, my paralegal has two documents that are drafted and ready to go. She's waiting for final approval from me. They'll appear there so she can return to them in order to then finalize them and get them underway. To the right-hand side of your home screen now, uh, system alerts has always been there. If there's going to be maintenance on the website or if there's some kind of issue uh, going on, sometimes a, a particular hearing point is closed for some reason, uh, they'll notify you there. The new section for e-filers is the message inbox. Right now ours is empty, thankfully. Uh, we've reacted to everything that we had come in. But in fact, if there was a new message, a new CP that was filed and I was notified to uh, do something about it and served with it, it would appear in that inbox and would require action of my, on my part. I wanna focus for a second on the, the bottom of this section, which would be the bottom right-hand side of your entire home screen. There's some really useful information down here, whether you're an attorney, whether you're a carrier or anybody else who wants to learn about workers' compensation. Uh, you'll see it says the Oscar calculator. You can click on that and it will bring you to the Oscar calculator website, which is really helpful when you're trying to make calculations of how you settle a case and what the case is gonna be worth. Uh, but also very important and a really good resource is right underneath that, the Division of Workers' Compensation's homepage. If you click on that, it's gonna bring you to this. And uh, there's all kinds of services on this website, but for the Workers' Compensation Department in particular, I wanna focus on the right-hand side of that webpage which is just really useful information if you need it. It gives the rates, the statistics, it gives forms, it gives the workers' compensation statutes, the workers' compensation rules. If you have time, if you're not sure about something, if you know counsel didn't get back to you right away or something like that, this is at least some quick information you can glance at on your own to figure things out and maybe get uh, a little bit more education in terms of what's going on in workers' compensation. So just a useful tool, it, it, it's, it pertains to e-filing in the sense that uh, that website gives you access to these things, which I think is really important. Uh, we use them all the time. 
there's also a place to go for forms and stuff like that too. So you can find out the types of orders and, and all the different forms that the workers' compensation court uses. Okay, so we go back to now uh, the home screen. What's different about this home screen as a result of e-filing? I already mentioned the inbox, and, and that's, a, that's a new feature. Here's another new feature. There's two tabs that are added to the top sort of middle orange bar. One is the e-filing tab. You can see there it's new claim, reopener, answer, motion. It lists all the different types of things you can do. The other tab is e-orders. You can prepare an order, order approving settlement, section 20 order, maybe an order for dismissal if the judge uh, uh, directed you to, to prepare the order, you can do that there. Uh, so let's go through one of these and actually see what happens. We're gonna go to, we're gonna do a motion. So you'd go to the e-filing menu, you click motion. Now this is, you're at the point where a claim petition's been filed, we've answered the claim petition, and maybe we have a motion to dismiss for lack of prosecution. This happens a lot, but petitioners' attorneys don't really do a lot with their cases, so we have many reasons as to why we file these. But let's just say the petitioner did not attend maybe their perm exam. Uh, so now we're going to file a motion to dismiss for that reason. You're going to click on motion. It's going to bring you to the next screen. It's going to ask you for the basic information first, basically the CP number, the year and the claim petition number. Once you click on that, it's going to bring you to the next screen, which is going to ask you to choose what type of motion you're filing and who you're filing it on behalf. So uh, if we've been designated to represent different uh, respondents, we're going to choose the respondent who's filing that. And then we're going to select the type of motion. So in this case, you could do a motion to dismiss, a mid-temp motion, or other type of motion. We're going to use a motion to dismiss. When you click on that, it's going to autofill most of the fields because it's going to pull that information from both the claim petition and the answer that's been filed. So you can see in this particular case, the petitioner, uh, for, for uh, attorney-client privilege purposes, we've blocked out a lot of information here, but um, you can see uh, the attorney for the petitioner is filled in, our information is filled in, the respondent information, everything's inputted in there. You're a paralegal or yourself if you're doing it. You're going to check that for purposes of uh, accuracy and make sure it's all good. You're then going to hit save and continue on the bottom. It's going to bring you to the next screen. Who's this being sent to? Petitioner's attorney is the likely candidate here. Um, you're going to choose what type of motion. So are, am I asking for relief without prejudice or with prejudice? As a reminder, without prejudice means you can come back, you can restore that matter. Uh, if you're asking for relief from the court with prejudice and the judge grants that, it's over forever and you can't come back. Uh, it's also gonna ask you on the bottom uh, if you're submitting additional documentation. And if so, are you doing that by e-filing or are you mailing things? And I'll, I'll show you in a, in a couple of slides, uh, there's some limits on what you can e-file. Sometimes the, the size of the file is too big. So it may require you, for example, you had a brief with uh, a lot of research and, and uh, certifications or something or attachments to it, uh, exhibits maybe, uh, you might need to still mail that in depending on whether or not it meets the criteria. So you're gonna fill in this information, you're gonna hit save and continue. You're gonna go to the next page, which is now telling you prior to submitting this document to the division, it must be printed and signed. This has always been the case when it comes to e-filing, uh, even back in 2009 when they started making it available. Uh, as a petitioner's attorney, if you submitted a CP, you had to print that and you had to have the petitioner sign it. And you need to keep that in your file in case anybody ever came looking, you would be able to show, I have this pleading, it's been signed. Same thing, same requirement here, and it's, it goes for respondents as well. So at the end of this whole process, we're gonna print, we're gonna, you know, my paralegal would bring that to me, I would then review it, I would sign it, and then that signed copy gets saved by us as well. So uh, it is still a requirement, it's still something you have to do. You can't just type in the computer information and send, you have to have a physical copy printed inside.
Okay, we're going to now upload because we're the motion's basically been prepared. We've told the court what the reasons for the motion are and what kind of relief we're requesting, but we may have to attach things, a certification of some kind where the attorney explains what's happening or maybe some exhibits. We move on to the next page. It's going to then prompt us to upload those documents. So the paralegal, for example, has prepared the certification. The attorney's reviewed it. Uh, the exhibits are all attached. And now the paralegal is going to go ahead and upload those documents. Now you can see here, it's a little bit small. I'm trying to read it. Uh, your file requirement can't be more than 11 megabytes. So if for some reason you have a big brief and it does have a lot of attachments and it exceeds that file uh, maximum, you're not going to be able to submit that electronically. You're going to have to indicate that I will mail it in and then send it that way. Okay, so but it'll list the requirements and the type of file format that it's going to upload in. You're then going to upload those documents. All right, it's going to remind you again, are you sure you printed this? Okay, it's kind of a dummies 101 kind of thing, like, hey, you sure you did this? Uh, and it's going to remind you again, make sure you print, make sure you retain. Okay, now you're going to hit view and print because this is the last step. And if you see right above the highlighted section, it's telling you what it added. It attached the certification and order. Uh, I'm sorry, certification exhibit and proposed order. So it's listed the things you've uploaded. It's asking you one more time to view and print. You're going to do that. And once you've viewed it, once you've printed it, and you now have that printed copy and it's signed, you're then going to hit submit to the court. Once you do that, you're going to get one more reminder. Are you sure you actually printed and did that? And you're going to say, yes, I'm sure. You're going to hit OK. It's now going to tell you about proof of service, which is great. Before, when you had to mail this in, you know, maybe do it by lawyer service or by FedEx or by regular mail, depending on what your, your process was. Uh, but this actually tells you who it's been served upon. Uh, in this case, uh, two attorneys, Freeman and Bass, as well as the deputy attorney general. It then tells you who has not been served. So prior to March 15th, there were people who were not e-filers, and it would remind you that that person is not an e-filer. Now that should be blank most of the time, I would imagine, because everybody's an e-filer, so it probably will say nothing or none found. Uh, and it's going to remind you one more time on the bottom uh, just to make sure that um, you print this as confirmation. And this confirmation is service. You can use this as proof of service in the court with the judge. That person got that thing. And that's really important. Again, sometimes with uh, lawyer service, you'd have to follow up with lawyer service and figure out like when they actually serve the document. It's served instantaneously and you can print it out. Good job. You're done. You've done it. You've gotten through your first e-filing. Okay. Uh, as an overview, let's just take a look at this. What are the advantages of the system? Ease of access, ease of use. You can access this from any computer, uh, as long as it meets the general requirements with most modern computers do this day, these days. Uh, ease of use, it's it's pretty much uh, 101 kind of dummy proof. Like it, it, it leads you along, it asks you the questions you're supposed to answer, and it reminds you 10 times if you didn't answer them right. Um, instantaneous filing, that's a huge advantage. If you're a petitioner's attorney, you have instantaneous filing the day you submit this. If you're looking at a statute of limitations problem where you're, and, and I've had these before and, and, and as any attorney has, two years is approaching, you file that, you mail it out, and you're just sweating, hoping that this, the clerk stamps that thing. You call every day until they do. Um, no more of that. It gets, it gets filed, you know that it's good, you're within the two-year statute of limitations. Uh, motion deadlines, 21 days for a mid-temp motion opposition, for example. There's no more uh, mailing that, lawyer service, Maybe it doesn't get to the judge's desk till two days later. They're wondering what happened to the opposition. They're thinking you didn't oppose this motion. It's all done instantaneously. It's, there's nothing you need to worry about. 
another issue, which is probably really no longer going to happen, is sometimes we would prepare a motion before e-filing, send it to the court, and it wouldn't be ripe yet for the court to hear it because it didn't make it in time before the next hearing or before the 30 days that you're supposed to have. This now, again, is instantaneous. It's going to up those timelines a little bit and make it easier to get things within the next hearing uh, so that the judge can actually say, this is ripe, it is good to be heard, and let's, let's move on it. Plus, you know that there's service because you can print it off right there and you know that the attorney was served with the motion. Which brings me to my next advantage, no more excuses from the petitioner's attorney, what I call my dog ate my homework excuses. Uh, we've heard them all a thousand times. I didn't really check my emails, you know, so technically I didn't get that. Uh, I don't know, I didn't look at my fax machine or uh, I just didn't come in on the weekend, my, sec my secretary misplaced it, stuff like that. Uh, none of those excuses work anymore. Once you e-file, once you submit, and you have that confirmation, we're out of excuses, and the petitioner's attorneys are out of excuses. They're gonna show up at the court, they're gonna come up with these excuses anyway, I guarantee it's still gonna happen, but I'm gonna be able to show, hey judge, this was filed, e-filed, they're e-filers now, they have to be, and here's confirmation. Um, the other advantage for the carriers is designation of defense counsel. This is really important. Uh, we sometimes get a case where an answer hasn't been filed for a while, and the petitioner's attorney is now moving for default against the carrier because no answer has been filed, and there's many reasons on the carrier's end for why this stuff happens. Sometimes it's just simply something falls through the cracks. Uh, this, you can avoid all that. There's no delay in filing an answer. You can designate your counsel right away, or like I said, you can have pre-designated counsel, uh, and it, it, it eliminates any of that potential of maybe a motion to, to enter default being entered against you. So I think it's really important for everybody. Uh, it's useful for everybody. Uh, it's now mandatory, so you don't have a choice about it. Everybody's got to get used to it. But I think it really does sort of push uh, to move things much more quickly and get these claims answered and parties involved and, you know, things before a judge so that a judge can decide the real issues in the case rather than the more um, uh, clerical things like was this filed and was it not. All right. That's basically it. Uh, I hope this wasn't too boring. I tried to make it a little bit interesting. Uh, if anybody does have any questions, feel free to ask. Um, let me check now to see actually if we have any questions. And I don't know where I find that. Hold on one second. I'm gonna have my assistant help me. Do we have any questions? Maureen asks, how does a carrier get access? Okay, uh, let me go back to the slide, which has the help information. You can yeah, just slide that back over, or you can go back. You flip back to that. Okay, Maureen, hold on one second. Let me get this back for you. Oh, that didn't work, we're over here. Essentially, you're gonna contact the division uh, directly, uh, you're going to tell them you're with a carrier and you want access. Where's that help information? Yeah. Oh, sorry. And there it is. Okay, so it's Courts Online Technical Support Unit. Uh, they have a phone number, they have an email. Uh, send them information, tell them you want access. They'll tell you how to set up for that. They're going to mail you a form that you have to fill out. Uh, we had to do the same thing to get access here. You're going to designate who you want to have access uh, and go from there. Uh, but you, they'll certainly help you if for any reason you, you really can't, they're not giving you any help, um, uh, email me. I'll help you figure it out. Any other questions? Looks like that was the only question. I'm going to take that to mean I was super informative and that I, my presentation literally answered everyone's questions. I know that's not true, but probably you just didn't get to typing it yet. Anyway. That concludes our presentation. Uh, again, this was sort of special because of this mandatory uh, happening uh, on March 15th. 
So I think it was important that we at least let you guys know that this is going on and, and the advantages and how you go about doing it. If anybody has any questions at all, feel free to email me uh, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks guys.